Hey everybody and welcome to episode number four of the Retail Ready Podcast. Hope you're enjoying the show so far and we have a great one ahead of us. I went to meet Jess at the Coles head office in Melbourne. We've known each other for about three years now, but she is doing some great things and working as a category manager within the Coles local new format stores, which is bringing huge opportunities to smaller suppliers and also some innovative products that you wouldn't normally find in the bigger stores, but she's giving them a chance and hopefully these are going to succeed and it allows smaller suppliers to then get a chance to go into the larger format stores. So we talked about trends, we talked about insights, we talked about what's going on in the market and how suppliers can get the most out of meeting her. So have a listen, let me know your feedback and here is episode number four with me and Jess. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Hello, and welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast. We have a fantastic episode ahead, and I am with Jessica Gordon who is from Coles Local and the Coles Head Office, who is basically running the show these days. Uh, She is an absolute weapon in bringing new products to life and giving the small suppliers a chance in her store. So, welcome. Thank you very much, Ben. That was a stellar introduction. (laughs) Um, Much more than I deserve. Um, But yeah, certainly looking at new suppliers, new innovation, and where the trends are heading uh, in this space, particularly for Coles Local, but also for the main business in Coles Supermarket. Cool. So I know what Coles Local is. Uh, we've known each other for a while. What is Coles Local? Yeah, um, Coles Local is effectively a small format uh, supermarket that is all about uh, over-indexing, which is to say, I guess, um, we have a bigger range of better for you and gourmet offers. Um, it has also got a larger convenience section cool. uh, and is all about the experience of shopping. So we've got a nut butter machine, a barista coffee in there, and we've got a chef in what we call the foodie hub, which is effectively a deli slash sampling station. That's cool. So we, uh, we've done some stuff uh, now and then. and. There's, there's some new lines coming in. Is there any lines that are really taking your interest at the moment or is there any new lines that you're being presented that you kind of go, they're on point or is there anything that you're after? What are you noticing that's going on in the future? Absolutely. Uh, well, 2019, I like to call the year of vegan. Um, everything uh, dairy-free, meat-free, um, and tastes great is performing amazingly. So we saw that with Beyond Meat in uh, the frozen section in Coles uh, supermarkets, and they sold unbelievably uh, unprecedented sales for that area at $11 for a two-pack. Um, which again is not a usual Mm. price for a conventional uh, frozen item. Off the back of that, we've done a bunch of work on how we can extend vegan ranging. We have at the moment actually the Beyond Meat Sausage, so they've got three flavors. Tasty. We were just talking about it before, it is phenomenal. If, If you guys haven't tasted it, 
either head down to Coles Local or jump on the internet, but more so <laughs> go to Coles Local. Uh, it is. It, it smells like a real sausage. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's an unbelievable product. Um, they do have three flavours, and I believe they're selling one of them at Lord of the Fries if you're Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but they've got the hot Italian, the sweet Italian, and the original brat. And I think the amazing thing about it is it crisps on the outside. It's fibrous the way that a sausage should be on the oh, inside. Yeah. It's amazing. And you don't even need to disguise it with tomato sauce or mustard the way you yeah. would a usual vegan sausage. So. Am I right? The casing is mushroom skin or something. It's is, is that alginate. Okay, yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. Which it is, is pretty cool. It yeah. is pretty cool yeah. because I think um, you know they're really crappy. Can I say that on this podcast? Oh, yeah, you can, you can swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, sausages, um, even in the meat area, will yeah. have this synthetic casing, which is pretty horrible, yeah. and the rest have like a. Inside it's out and taste taste, it tastes like dusted like oh yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. And it, this really does taste uh, really similar to meat. The flavouring is on point. Um, but in order to get it into Australia, like mm. two weeks after the US, oh, we wow. had to get the food service pack and then backpack it in our store, relabel. Um, a bit of a schmozzle, but yeah. it sold unbelievably well. And I think vegans, you know, on all the vegan forums, that I follow um, are talking about it yeah. and really excited to try the product. And yeah. I think it's all about giving vegans great tasting product. At the moment, it is a bit um, expensive for the average mm. consumer, but I think as we start to see um, veganism taken up by more and more consumers, we'll start to see the volume piece yeah. in there. Beyond Meat's also IPOing. They are think, as well. Yeah, yeah, soon. I think 150 mils, what they're quoting. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you to invest in them, but I'm just going to imply it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't give financial yeah. advice. Like, like knowing my background, I know veganism is here to stay. Yeah. Are you seeing that same trend? Are you? Yeah. Where do you see it growing? Where, where, mm-hmm. where does it? Because Beyond Meat now have just literally taken over the market. A hundred percent. And they have done it so well. Who's next or what do you think's next and... Yeah, what's the next iteration? I think um, consumers are um, responding really well to private labels. So okay. I know Tesco and Sainsbury's mm. are all coming out with their own yeah. um, lose your virginity um, <laughs> labeling. That's so, true, yeah. um, They're doing a really good job um, at kind of branding that all very consistently in the meat-free offer. Um, I think, you know, dairy-free has been around for a really long time, Um, and I know we've spoken about this, but the Asian market, Mm. um, you know, 90%, whether they know it or not, are lactose intolerant, Um, and, you know, with every minority, um, you know, non-Western culture, you find that um, they also have a high percentage of lactose intolerance. So mm. some will buy the lactose-free version and some will buy the dairy-free yeah. version. So yogurts and ice creams have been absolutely huge. The advent mm. of Magnum. That's is, true. We were just talking about that. Yeah, literally. It's absolutely crazy. I've heard about Magnum now for a very long time, uh, coming uh, when it was in the UK. And finally, it's here. Um, and consumers are apparently selling all the freezers out. So. Mm. It's amazing. They're a very vocal community, and mm. I think that's the thing that makes veganism so powerful and different to other um, niche 
areas within um, the food space. So gluten-free don't have as much of a community, yep. um, but still it is a dietary requirement. Mm. Organic, it's not a dietary requirement and it's not as much of a community. Yeah. So um, you see the sales that are a bit lackluster there because yeah. people aren't so willing to trade up. Um, but veganism is quite different. It's They are a community. They stand for something yep. together, whether it be ethics or environment or, um, you know, um, uh, health. Mm. Health is a big one at the moment, um, and especially with the Beyond Meat customer. Um, and being flexitarian. So that's really the space where we're seeing a lot of um, consumers talking on social media. Um, people, like when we sold that Beyond Meat burger from the frozen case, it wasn't even out in Fitzroy. Fitzroy, by the way, I don't know if this is going out nationally. Global, global. global, global. <laughs> worldwide, worldwide. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Fitzroy is like a grungy, hipster area, mm -hmm. so perfect area for vegans. Um, and they've got quite a lot of vegan stores around there. And when Beyond Meat was sold at the Coles supermarket um, in the frozen section, it hadn't even been put in the layout yet. It's sold from the back room freezer by request, like a Rolex. <laughs> like That's, so if there's any new potential suppliers listening or manufacturers mm -hmm. listening, the goal is to have a good enough product that people will be queuing around the back of your store to take. Correct. It's the only other product that I've ever seen move this quickly would probably be infant formula. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's where you're on par yes. at the moment. So the vegans are literally queuing up for this stuff. So Absolutely. yeah, it's, I think it's here to stay. Exactly. I think it will only grow. Yeah. I think the competition we're seeing, a, well, I'm hearing a lot of food manufacturers in the meat space literally building vegan plants yeah. to cope with the demand. Definitely. So if these big meat companies are investing millions, then, yep, I think, guys, if, if you're one of those vegan haters uh, and have had enough of them already, I'm probably going to say that... <laughs> Go hide under a rock for a few years. They're here to stay. They're, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I guess the other trend that I'm, I'm seeing a lot, and this will be news to no one, is probiotics. Yep. Um, so the growth of probiotics and uh, soon-to-be prebiotics mm -hmm. is um, absolutely yeah. massive. Um, I just laugh because one of my biggest suppliers when I was looking after nutritional snacks, I won't mention any names, presented a muesli bar to me. Uh, and they and it was like full sugar, yogurt, like the whole bit, <laughs> chocolate drizzle. Um, and they presented it as a prebiotic mm. muesli bar. Um, so oats and like <laughs> naturally occurring prebiotics. <laughs> so I said, have you added anything else? And they're like, no, no, we just want no, to. No, 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 it's got the fiber. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to pointed out. And I was like, mm, not sure the yeah. heat treatment of that muesli bar. And means yeah. that any of the nutrient value has stuck in that product. But um, yeah, I mean, people will clean at straws these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's probably, that's on par probably with the protein bars yes. claims that are coming up. And this is a pet hate for me. Guys, if you're creating a protein bar, it has to be a protein bar. It has to have at least yeah. more than 10 grams of protein in it, maybe 20. And it has to have a good source of protein. Oats are not a source of protein and they are not a 
gut-friendly product. So let's let's go yeah. back to the drawing board. If you're sitting around a boardroom and thinking you can create the next muesli bar with all these claims, let's let's get something good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely efficacy. And yeah. like when we're speaking about probiotics, prebiotics, protein. Um, your call-outs need to have efficacy because yeah. the consumers are so much more informed um, than they used to be. They're turning around the packs yeah. all the time. So our sports and diet section within Coles Local, um, there is a rule to be uh, located in that section, mm. and the rule is at least 10 grams of protein, no more than 5 grams of sugar. And yep. the only exception to that is the Cliff Bar because <laughs> that is made for... Uh, sustained yeah. um, cycling or marathons, etc. So we're, we're quite um, thorough in our um, looking yeah. at products, which is great. Yeah, because I think sometimes people get sold a dream that's yeah. that's not exactly the the selling the selling a lie at the end of the day. So hundred percent, hundred percent. And Koja, I don't know. This is a great little brand mm. um, that's come up uh, recently. They are doing these amazing. Um, are they the pancake yeah, people? Yeah, so they do the yep. protein pancake, which is a real protein pancake. Um, but they also do um, these wonderful bars, and they like use only organic, natural ingredients, and the bar is still moist. It's oh, like cool. wet yeah. in the um, pack, and it's like really um, clean labeling and appeals to oh, a cool. female consumer, which is really hard to find because oh, yeah, yeah. all the other ones are date based, and this one is like almond yep. meal based. Oh, cool. So. Definitely a different um, taste yeah. to the usual bar, but it's still got an amazing um, palette, oh, like right. taste. Yeah, so I think she's done an amazing job, and that company um, and some others that are coming out of the woodworks, I think, are doing mm. a good job at um, staying true to their claims. Yeah. So are you seeing a, a shift because of probably social media mm. and a new way of shopping? that smaller companies actually have a bigger voice and a bigger opportunity than bigger companies. Ah, oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that is actually one of the best call-outs, yeah, mm. because I had this exact chat with one of my bigger um, sports and diet suppliers um, who've been really big both in the independent mm. space and in particularly the online sales space and but also in supermarkets. And I said to them, they're coming out with a new brand that's kind of... Um, off the back of a US brand um, and I said to them with the launch of this don't be a big company about it yeah be a little company about it because you're trying to create this culture mm -hmm. and cult um, around your product yeah. you're trying to not oversupply the market so you can create demand yeah. um, we're yet to see that product launch and it'll be very interesting, That'll be interesting. if they take yeah. any of the advice on board but um, <laughs> Yeah, typically they do very shiny, um, male-dominated protein bars, and they're going for a female market. They're also going for a vegan market. Okay. They're doing biodegradable packaging. So if they really want to create buzz, they need to think about how they can do some internet hacks, how they can yeah. drive trial, um, and how they can also create demand by not saturating the market with yeah. this product. It's interesting, because I just read a great book recently, and it's and you mentioned it before with the vegan trend mm. tribes like literally yeah. everyone wants to be part of a little tribe and i think the bigger companies are not realizing that they've got a product that needs to fit a tribe but they're trying to cater it for everyone and it's going focus on a tribe and that's why i think vegans are going to pop up prebiotics probiotics 
uh, keto, yeah, paleo. All absolutely. these different trends are kicking off. And what's your, and this is going off topic, you've got your vegan trend going one mm. way, but then you've also got your collagen and yeah. bone broth going yes. the other way. Yeah. yeah. It, that is actually interesting because we have seen the growth, particularly of marine collagen, to mm. the point where um, we actually can't get the supply yep. of yep. proper marine collagen. You can just get boosters mm -hmm. and now beef cheek and some other really weird collagen yep. on the market. Um, I, I think that's true and I also think it's got a bit to do with different cultures. Mm. So I would say certainly Asian cultures um, definitely look towards collagen um, yeah. as beauty is yep. something to do with their culture. Um, and I think, you know, even within the Western world, um, people will try anything <laughs> yeah, to look correct. younger. Um, it, it is interesting. I think um, it will be a battle of the ethics in the end. Yeah. It will be, does beauty trump ethics or does ethics trump beauty? Mm. Um, and um, it will be interesting to see what prevails or whether we'll stick with these two completely different binary nodes yeah. almost. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. We're at the infancy really of collagen. Um, I've got one product, uh, two if you mm. count that one, but one's a booster. Yep. But I've really got one marine collagen product uh, in my range. It sells really nicely. It's a drink. Yeah. Um, and... I'm yet to see the real movement there, but I've, I've started to be presented more yeah. and more from that space. So again, efficacy, where is it coming from? Is it actually going to um, add collagen into your bloodstream, into yeah. your skin, or is it just a gimmick? <laughs> um, and, the, and the questions will always be there when it comes to health food because scientific fact or proof or um, argument usually it takes a really long time to mm. catch up with all the trends. Yeah, correct. So yeah. it will be interesting to see. That's cool because as we go back, so Jess works at Coles Local, which come, which basically is the start of the curve. You're looking mm. for new and exciting products that are on trend. Correct. Whereas the majors, so the Coles, Woolies mm. and Aldi that are in Australia, is catering for the masses. Yeah. So there's that fine line between when yeah. does it go from niche to mainstream. mainstream and if it actually does go to mainstream. So yeah. that's always a tough. 100%. And yeah. it's all got to do with the maturation of the product, brand, but also the company that right. owns it. Um, it's a lot to learn. It's a big, steep learning mm. curve because there's a lot of money. Um, going into the big guys so really quickly yep. with no knowledge yeah. um, of what you're doing. Um, it's really important that you um, go in with a buyer um, or a company that really believes in you and nurtures you mm. and you grow with it. Um, yeah, I just all those kind of carb-based mm. meals, breads, yep. um, although we are seeing some growth in the really? oh. bread space. Which can... No, so or... gluten-free, okay, um, yeah. obviously um, there are some amazing gluten-free. We're seeing some <laughs> um, macadamia meal and Ooh. almond meal breads come through, which are really all That'd part nice. of that keto yep. uh, culture, I guess. We've also seen sweet potato bread come through, nice. which is quite amazing. And what's the shelf life on them? Is oh, low. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them are frozen thawback. Okay. Um, so they're not... Look, it's really hard. Um, once a product is packaged, mm. um, you need to have some shelf life on it. And yep. 
if you don't, you won't get distribution, and if you do, you might compromise the taste of the product. Yeah. So there's a really fine balance to strike, yeah. and um, you know, I know you've done some work on some fresher um, ingredients, and uh, certainly uh, before Coles Local, I'd never worked in the dairy space. Mm. And I'm learning all about this wonderful waste and markdowns. Um, <laughs> so it's an amazing performing product, but just not good enough Correct. to avoid yeah. waste and markdown. And, um, where's the balance there? Mm. And can, is it about case size? Is it about um, our ordering? Yep. Can it be improved? Or is it about the company maturing enough to understand that they're going to need to do more um, accelerated shelf yeah. life testing, that they're going to need to work on their um, formulations, yeah. etc. It's costly. Yeah. And it's a bit of a costly process, but certainly worth it. Um, you get more distribution, you potentially get more companies interested. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we've found a lot of suppliers who have done that have really um, grown and yeah. now are in the main business. So we're really excited for them. We're yeah. always excited when we set them free into yeah. those supermarkets and we're like, yeah, cool. go forth and prosper. <laughs> 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 so then coming to, coming to the end kind of thing, it would be, so 2019 you're saying veganism, is still going to expand and prebiotics is just going to blow up. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think that you would, if if some if a supplier came in and presented something, what would you want to see? What is something that just catches your eye? Whether it launches or not, are you seeing anything else that you kind of go, or a brand that you're going, they're doing some real cool stuff? Like, yeah, um, great question. I think... Um, I'm looking at Trader Joe's a lot, mm. and I'm looking at them again because they have a tribe, and everyone gets around Trader Joe's, yep. and they can do no wrong. Um, and, and I get why they move really quickly with mm-hmm. trends. And I think um, one of the ones that they picked up really nicely is cauliflower, and cauliflower yep. is the absolute trend um, that has been going on probably since 2017, mm-hmm. and with the rise of keto and paleo, etc., yep. it's certainly here to stay. Um, but what they do really nicely with cauliflower is they do gnocchi, which is Ooh, unbelievable. I've right? not seen that one, yeah. And I think that's way more exciting than rice. Anyone yep. can create cauliflower rice. You just take a cauliflower and a grater <laughs> and you just <laughs> hack at it. Yeah. Um, but I think gnocchi is a skill and that's something yeah. most people wouldn't invest time in. Um, they also do cauliflower pizza bases. Yeah. Um, They're now doing the tortilla wraps as well now. Correct, yeah. the tortilla wrap yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, offers people not only that are gluten-free, but people that are making a conscious diet decision to step away from carbohydrates yep. and towards vegetables, proteins, and fats, um, to be able to eat the same foods, yep. the same eating occasion as their friends and family. Yeah. And um, we are really behind the eight ball in terms yeah. of manufacturing capability. Um, and you know, I, I would bring it in, but I don't have the distribution to yeah. <laughs> um, facilitate a supply mm. from the states. Yeah, hopefully one day. Yeah. One day, one day. 120 store network, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm certainly seeing that. Have, have you done keto? I can't remember if you did it or did you As in followed it? Or yeah. I've, d- I've done everything. Uh, <laughs> so I did keto for about three weeks. Yeah, how'd you go? Well, I love carbs too much. So, <laughs> is, <laughs> and then did paleo. Yeah. And that was, I, I actually enjoyed doing paleo, but then 
I enjoy the cows too much. <laughs> so yeah. technically now I just do whatever I want and eat, ca- yeah, eat cake at the weekend. And yeah. the one thing that I always find funny is bread. I feel mm. sorry for bread. Everyone, hates the, everyone hates bread, and even the sales of bread. Like I know we just mentioned that niche and specialty breads mm. are probably growing, but your poor white loaf, mm. it's it's flopping at the moment, and everyone hates on bread. However. When your body breaks down carbohydrates, it uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know if you're eating bread or rice or pasta. So yeah, it's very yeah. true, um, and I think it's maybe the easiest one for people to cut because yep. they say don't eat bread, Correct. but I yeah. eat crackers and I eat chips <laughs> and I eat all this other stuff and I eat sweet potato. Poor, poor bread, bread gets it. So if any bread slices are listening out there, we feel sorry for you and uh, <laughs> good, luck, good luck for the future. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah. certainly cauliflower, if there are any manufacturers listening who have capabilities to turn cauliflower into magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you heard it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm interested. Come find me. Yeah, yeah. That sounds cool because, yeah, I definitely think what we've talked about, as well as paleo and keto, I don't think that's going away. And probably in the future, trends more into different cuisines. Mm. And that's, that'll be exciting to see which next cuisine comes in like there's talk of African cuisines or mm. even South American cuisines where yeah. we'll see so watch yeah. watch this space but absolutely. it's uh, literally absolute fantastic insights and thank you Ben that was a, awesome a good little chat and hopefully we'll have Jess on in the future and uh, we can work out which trends actually kicked off in 2019 and look back on what she said. Yeah, uh, my predictions are totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. So you heard it first here. And yeah, Jess is on LinkedIn if you want to connect. And yep, as we say, she's part of the Coles local team. So if you are a supplier, I'm sure you can reach out and say hello. And we'll be back for more episodes in the very near future. And thank you again. Thank you, Ben.